What is going on and welcome to a very, 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 three very special edition episode of the Sims and Lefko podcast. Look at their faces. You know their names, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, and Joe Buck. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to why this is even possible. AT&T's Audience Network is an exclusive channel on DirecTV and AT&T UVerse, offering a variety of exclusive and original programs. I love that you guys, you left and you're doing something really special in the new network. I kind of think that it feels a little bit like what we're doing here at Bleacher Report, where we're in a different world right now. I, the fact that you three are here together mm. is crazy to me. Is it? I mean, do you ever hang out? Was the last time you guys were in a room together doing stuff? I think stuff? I can answer that. Wasn't it at my charity golf tournament in St. Louis way, way back? It was. Well, that's where we first met. But the three of us together, were you at his charity event? Yeah, he was there one year. One I don't year. know if you guys were in the same year. Yeah. The point is, not very often. Well, yeah, yeah, right. we, we worked out. We were yesterday. in the, in the uh, workout yeah. room. You yesterday. guys worked out yesterday? We did. We well, spotted we for were, yeah, ah! did. I would love to see that. Dumbbells, 15 pound dumbbells, I, I spotting was, for uh, Looking for a workout. My, but, you know, how come I didn't He didn't, already, he didn't what, need to be spotted. He awkward. just wanted me to spot him. He got, <laughs> right. Because there wasn't a lot of weight there. But no, he said, Would you my. spot me? And but I if go, you okay. saw the length of his shorts, you would yep. get it. Did you have oh. a headband? Any, any no, a headband? No, no, didn't like do a, that. With, with Roselle no. on it or anything like that? A little uh, like tank top yeah. mesh. Okay. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> nice. Sims, is a, <laughs> yeah, Sims is a workout snob, so yeah. he always checks people out. He makes sure what they're benching, what they can squat. I, I mean, you are not that. I'm not, not a snob, bad. but uh, yeah, I, work, uh, I still get after it pretty hard. I do. I mean, I'm like, I'm the crazy guy. Right he said get after it. Yeah, yeah I, know. I heard that. I know. I'm what like, I'm what like is the, the it? The it? Yeah, the, yeah what getting are you getting after? after? What are you getting uh, after? Oh, uh, I don't know. Just, just want to look good in my clothes and when my okay. shirt is off. Pump. That's all. Yeah. When you're yeah. not button is button too. I know. You don't like what? that? No. Well, gosh. I, hear I don't that. know. I know. It's kind of the style I've been feeling. I get a lot of flack at the office. But if you're going to get after it, right? I, then I understand <laughs> with the top button. <laughs> I think it was better you could get after it if you lose So it's, it's funny. So you used to interview Sims all the time in your ratio when he was at college. Yeah. How would he become like a weekly guest for you at that point? I just thought he was fun. He he got what we were doing and mm. what we wanted. That I didn't care about their next opponent or X's and O's. It was more about just he's, he was a college quarterback at a big-time program and whatever was kind of silly that was going on in his life. Yeah. So it was just kind of give us a little peek into your world there. And uh, I thought he was a natural. I, I'm not surprised he ended up in the business. But oh. um it was, it was fun. We, we looked forward to it. Plus, Major Applewhite wasn't available. He, he was <laughs> not, right? You know, it would be a Michigan guy that has to bring up that crap. No, I'm just, you know? why? I'm just throwing names out yeah. there. I'm yeah. name dropping. No, he That's wasn't available I'm because just, he was on the bench. So he wasn't oh, available. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, there it That's is. what happens when you write a letter. Yes, he is. That's That's awesome. after it. The it is Applewhite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because you guys are here now. You've been doing it for a while. I think you're legends in the broadcasting field. But everyone starts from very small beginnings. My first job was in Hastings, Nebraska, and you kind of pave your way forward. What was your first moment when you went, holy shit, by the way, you can curse at Bleach Report, okay. holy shit, this is a really serious athlete, and I'm doing something that I've dreamed of doing my whole life. You mean an interview with an athlete? An interview, a sporting event, a moment that when you went, well, the man, first, this is for real. Well, for me, it was walking into the Sports Center newsroom mm -hmm. for the first time. I was 26. Plucked from Market 131, the Reading Chico, California nice. market, and um, uh, I was a Sports Center anchor uh, and walked into a newsroom where the number of people that were in the newsroom equaled the number of people, <laughs> or entire operation that I just come from, right. the ABC affiliate in Northern California, 
And suddenly everybody who I had been watching on SportsCenter and hoping to become colleagues with were now just strolling through. You can say idolized. Go well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just get it out. Well, here, just get this out of the way, is yeah. that there was one person uh, who was there um, who would stand next to me while I'm preparing for a show. Uh, and I would just feel the presence, feel the heat in the same way from my left that I currently feel right now. Um, and I'd be watching all these tapes, and I'd be popping the tapes in, which is kind of dating myself, right. getting ready for the late sports center. And then all of a sudden, I'd look up, and it was Dan saying, do you remember what you'd say to me? So You're nervous? Exactly. Just like <laughs> oh. that. You're nervous. But right. I was trying to cut so. the, the tension there. But there was be, no... Because I mean, I, I actually created the tension. That yes, I was trying to cut the tension. Which, <laughs> You'd build it and then remove yes, it. Yes, yes. Right. So it that's seemed him. like I was that's doing a favor. Level. For yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. I would say you're nervous. That's what you say. Oh. Then you go, no. Why? 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 Why do I need to be? Did someone do that <laughs> to you when you either? first started there? No, no. I did it to myself. I, I, I was. I remember when I was doing the show with Oberman. So I'm doing the eleven o'clock and. I'd get done, get the tape of the show, go upstairs and watch the entire show to see what I did wrong. Yeah. And Oberman finally one day, he walked by me and he goes, DP, you got the f job. And, and it, it kind of illuminated where I did, I had the job. Yeah. I, was, I was too worried about doing something like that minutia instead of just doing the job. Way to swear, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm getting well, after him. Well, Olbermann <laughs> did something similar to me, although not, not swearing, but because uh, I, I, when I got on SportsCenter, everything I did was a joke. Everything had to be done as a joke. I mean, <sighs> nonstop. So I'd walk down the hallway, and Keith would walk back past me, and he'd go, not yet. And then it would happen and again. And would be the two words. It would happen, not yet. And then he'd walk past me, nope, not yet, like that. And I thought, and I just stopped him one day. I'm like, Keith, what do you mean not yet? He goes, you're not even close to doing the type of SportsCenter you should be doing. Not even close to the type of sports center that I know you can be doing. I'm like, what is that? And he goes, go try, do one highlight without making a joke. Then do one segment without making a joke. Then do two segments without making a joke. Then go do an entire show like that and go home and say, I just did the most boring sports center I've ever done. And then do an entire week like that. And then you're going to be halfway there. That's I'm awesome. like, okay, <laughs> Man. I got it. And interestingly enough, though, I mean, at the time when I started off, in 96, age 26, um, I started off in February of 96. Then in October of 96, huge Yankee fan mm. in the World Series, I turned on Fox. Aha. And I believe Same that was way. your, they see what I'm doing right here? Same Same way. You, that was, your, was that your first World Series, first right? One. Yeah. Yeah, first year of Fox. Yankees Jim Leyritz, baby. I'm a Yankees fan, so I was watching intently. As I remember well. that. Yeah. Right. There, was, there was you with Brenly, right? And, um, Brenly and Tim. And McCarver. Yeah. Was but there. was it like Party of Five had tickets to the game or Malcolm in the... Who had the great seats there well, that you guys always... Hey, look who's well, here with well, great seats. First of seat. all, <laughs> most of the shows on Fox are animated, so there weren't a lot of tickets. <laughs> it's Peter Griffin. That would have been better to have them right. superimposed into the seats, but... Yeah, uh, maybe John Leguizamo. With I could Morgan. actually answer uh, that question for you because I was again a diehard Yankee fan. Sure, they had made they had not made the World Series since 1981. Right, they're back in the World Series for the first time, and I and I couldn't go because I was on Sports Allie Center. McBeal. Was no, she there? no, 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 no. Because I, I, I remember thinking to myself, I can't believe that they're back in the World Series, and I can't go because I have my dream job. And then I turn in, and you then show uh, in perfect Me. seats. You announced right. who was perfect seats was. Tootie from Facts of Life. Yeah. Who, uh, she, what's what her, what's her name? I forget what her name <laughs> was. It was Tootie, who was on some new Fox show. And I'm like, Come I on. cannot believe Tootie. my dream job is keeping me from going to Yan the Yankee game. And chilling with and Tootie. And Tootie was. There's the only reason. 
You announced Tootie in the way you would have Jeter or Lairitz a home run. And there's Tootie from Facts of Life. I don't know Here's the Tootie to Lairitz. What's your name? You know, I know that you have the internet here at Bleacher Report. We'll but I mean, um, you don't remember? She was. I don't remember. No, that's that's. She was in the stands. I was so enough, upset. That's not the part of the '96 World Series. <laughs> that's not the part you remember. <laughs> I mean, I barely remember who won, but Tootie being in the seats is yeah. not in, in the top uh, ten. Wait, I just want to ask one of all three of you, just because I'm. I mean, I grew up with all you guys. Like, uh, let me hear your greatest sporting event ever that you witnessed, or the, just rem- just the first thing that jumps out to your mind. Most Any powerful. sport. We're here, Super Bowl Fifty. Is anything to you where you go, that was the greatest moment in sports history? I mean, is it the USA beating Russia? I mean, I, that was, I was too young for that. Um, I remember that made, Leibniz, that made a get Your call, on. that was one of, that is truly in like ER for me, early recollection is that call in 96. Yeah, but all that did was kind of get them off the mat. I mean, that yes. wasn't like one of those. Yeah, yes, like a defining moment. Yeah, right? I, it, it wouldn't be probably anything that I've done, I, meaning been sitting there yeah, for just, and witnessing. Right, but, right. There've been some that that '96 World Series was. I think it's easy to forget now, but I mean that was Jeter's rookie That's year. Right. And Rivera's right. setting up Wetland and Posada's right. sharing time with Girardi, and that was really when this whole new era of baseball hit in the mid '90s. And it was Yankees, yeah, Yankees, Yankees. Yeah, and down that was, Man, that, that was that, that was smoltz, a hell of a World that Series. That Pettit Smoltz game is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, All right, come on. I want to hear everyone's. Uh, I want to hear. It. I'm putting you on the spot. Mine was, we can uh, cut out the delays. Game six of the Mets, Buckner in '86, because I, it, it, for a variety of things, because of the magnitude of it, and then to watch an athlete sit there and have to answer the, the same question asked by different reporters over and over and over. Right. And Buckner sat there, didn't shy away. He answered every question. I just remember thinking, you're in New York. The media was killing him. It was Boston against New York. The Red Sox were going to win the World Series. I was camped out at the Red Sox locker room because they're going to win. I'm going in there, and I'm working at CNN, and the first person I go into, now to set it up, to give it a little bit more uh, gravitas here, I I didn't get to see the error. I'm behind with with Dick Schapp, and we're listening on his... Uh, radio because I'm waiting to get into the locker room. So right. there's no TVs there. So Dick Schapp is there underneath with one of his sons. We're listening to the call. Next thing I know, it's so loud. People, I look out and looks, and people are jumping off the screen onto the field. And you just heard these roars like it was shaking. And first guy up, I saw Buckner walking up with his head down. And I went, they just lost the they just yeah, lost. lost game six. I right. didn't know that he lost the World Series right. until I got in there and everybody was surrounding him. Right. And I said to Buckner, what happened? He goes, you saw it. And I couldn't say mm. I didn't see it. Right. And I, and you know, then you just stopped. So I didn't say another, I didn't have another question for him. And then everybody else was asking him questions. <laughs> but, you know, that play. Yes. And then I eventually got to visit with him. And uh, did you ever tell him you didn't see it? Yes, I did tell him. Well, how did he react to that? He laughed. He laughed. He goes, I didn't see it either. No, he said, I didn't see it either. What an answer. He, he, was, he was great. And when they won the World Series, they finally won. First person I called was Bill Buckner. Hmm. And he, came, he said, I don't want this to be, I don't, I'm, I'm not a part of it. And I, you know what? I, nobody's letting me off the hook for anything. I said, I want you to come on the show. Right. And he came on the show the next day. And uh, we just talked about it. That's cool. Yeah. Come on, big guy. Well, let me give you a, a story that, I mean, after you name drop Dick Shap like that, I right. mean, 
How do yeah. I follow that up? Yeah, yeah, that's that's wow. Um, two curse words for you. Okay. <laughs> One for me. And we're going to have a counter I'm on the bottom. I'm pitching a shutout. Yeah. You are pitching a shutout. Yeah. Oh, the clean-cut Fox guy over here. Yeah, I know, and yeah. I'm the I'm NFL guy. I'm just trying guy. to get a uh, f***ing <laughs> word in there. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> How about that? There you go. That's a curse word for you. Hey, Joe Bucks. It's been fun watching the show. hot hand. It's great. It's undeniable. Two icons right here. I'm so close. home run. I'm so close to them. And yet I can't say anything. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, obviously, uh, if you go any Super Bowl from the last 13 years, there were so many of them that were close finishes. Um, but I'll go with just me being there and being part of it and working at the 99 baseball all-star game, which I believe you were there for, Joe. Um, right. Fenway Park. Fenway Park. Right. Um, and uh, it was the all-century team that right. was introduced, and I was doing the pregame radio for ESPN Radio, so it was my job to describe what was happening out there, standing right behind home plate in Fenway Park, and the all-century team, just like Field of Dreams, came out from the garage in center field, and they even had Kevin Costner as the MC for the event to add to the whole Field of Dreams-y type feel to it. Right. And so they introduced the all-century team, which was lined up uh, from first to second and second to third base, and then the actual all-stars from that year were lined up from home plate to each of the corner bases, so it was a true constellation, true diamond of stars. And then Ted Williams comes out in his hitter.net hat that his son put on his head <laughs> to promote his new website at the time. That's awesome. And he came out in a golf cart. I think it's the, still on there. Uh, it might be. Well, I mean, I think it's frozen on there, right? Um, <laughs> Sorry. And, and so, no, it's all good. That was good. Um, anyway, so he comes out of the cart. I think it was Ken Griffey Jr. and Tony Gwynn who had each one of his arms while he threw the first pitch to Carlton Fisk. Right. And it's my job to, you know, shut up at that point, I guess, but you have to describe what's happening on the radio. And I remember being caught up in the moment, realizing I had to talk. Um, the one thing I'll never forget, though, is that after the first pitch, all the All-Stars converged right on uh, right on the pitcher's mound, sort of to just chit-chat. There's McGuire talking to Musial and Koufax talking to Randy Johnson and so on and so forth. Um, and the public address announcer basically had to tell him to break it up to start the wow. game, and that's when Pedro struck out. Yes. What? Uh, the first six. Or five seven, of the first six, or something, something like that. that and right. then the rest of the game yeah. was completely anticlimactic after Pedro was done that yeah, night. Right. And I'm, that was incredible. The story on, on national night. TV, which is where I was right. uh, when that was happening, while wow. Rich was over on the radio. Wow. <laughs> yes. uh, it's all good. Wow. We were you supposed. I'm in the lead now. Wow, that's three to two. I realize I'm in the lead. Like three Did not realize we were together. there. Uh, I love being on Bleacher wow. Report. Wow. Now, the, the funny story is, is Major League Baseball tried to recreate that moment every year after that. And it, <laughs> right. that it happened so generically. And one of the coolest parts of that was we stayed with it live. Our producer at the time, Mike Weissman, was great. He was telling the Fox executives in the back of the truck, we're not going to commercial. And that's when you could see all the guys approach Ted Williams and the genuine oh, gosh. awe Incredible. Right. that they had in their faces. And, and you could hear Ted Williams say to McGuire, do you ever smell smoke when you foul a ball back that you just missed? And it was like, this is one of the coolest moments yeah, in the is. history of baseball. And it's happening live and naturally. 
and then every year after that, they they tried, they tried it, yeah. and then we'll have all the players come out to to, to midfield. It, it just doesn't work. Right? Yeah. It, it is crazy when you see a star recognize a legend, and you see them turn into a child who's a sports fan in that moment. Yeah, he has that moment all the time. I mean. He, I feel like, very similar to you, grew up in the locker room, grew around the athletes, so he's not afraid of anyone, and I'm sure those moments there with your dad, it's the same kind of process with that. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I was around it. You know, my dad, fortunately, I, I was a product of his second marriage, and so my right. parents were always together from, from the time I was born because I was born. Let's right. just throw that in there. Right. But they were, uh, they were together, and, and we had a a great family unit, and my dad wanted me around him. So I was yeah. on every trip with him as a, as a little boy in every National League city by the time I was 11. And I was around these. Man, naked I saw a lot of them. And I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I remember seeing a, a few of my day, too. You talk about, you know, dad? just utter fear of walking through a clubhouse as a five-year-old Boy, yeah, it's going. uncomfortable. That's right? a bad wow. height to yeah. be. Yeah, you know, going in through the locker. Room. Like, right. Dad, is it gonna? Is that gonna happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. maybe. I was smaller than I've never yeah. seen yeah. Red yeah. Shane Dean. <laughs> you haven't lived. You haven't lived until you see Red Shane Dean. Oh. <laughs> well, because you tell the stories of seeing Lawrence Taylor when you're a kid, or you get thrown to like the laundry basket, and you yeah, think it's really to, cool, but they, it's really disgusting. They threw me in the jockstrap like barrel and wheeled me around, and I thought of the day I was. Thought I was the show, but I was the joke, right? right and I'm yeah. saying hello, and there he Oh, he said the fucking. But it does give you. Balls a, were there. It, it gives you. A, <laughs> it gives <laughs> you a leg up when you actually do it for a living. It wasn't like, oh my god, I'm in a broadcast booth. That's where right. I grew up. It was right. home. Right. It's look, nepotism is the most wonderful thing in the world. <laughs> I love it. I'm a big subscriber to Hell it. Yeah. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Nepotism is good. Yeah. Embrace it. Uh, do it. Well, yeah. the other thing I think that you guys have in common too is ridiculous. <laughs> on social media. Oh, it is crazy. Right. So that, I, he does not understand the internet, so I have to explain it to him. And the well, Phil it's a Sims of tubes. Yes, it's and <laughs> ones and zeros. Yeah. Dinks and dots and zeros and ones. Yeah. Um, but I don't I, like I, to mess with it. Yeah, I tell him about, you know, the ridiculous stuff that Phil gets and that and it's oh, just And you had nice to have a friend that does yeah. that. Well, I can't hey, I don't know if that's that's a friend. <laughs> they say your dad well, your dad's <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, I, I leave mean, it to that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, but that's well, the environment I'm in. It's, I have a friend like that, Kevin. It's like, oh God, what did I do wrong now? Yeah, I, man, they well, are my favorite, favorite one, my favorite one for you was <laughs> well, when you got grief for your bias calling a Yankee Red Sox game you were not calling. Yeah, that's that was I was on Twitter one day and they're one. like, hey. You're saying that who has Soriano's out at second base? He was clearly safe. You Yankee lover. I'm like uh, I'm currently in my room. I <laughs> <laughs> to do an NFL game tomorrow. I'm not watching the game. Right. Let I alone saw, broadcasting. I saw that right. tweet. I'm like, this is the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. Oh. Well, how do you? Do you guys? Do you pay attention to that crap at all, personally? Because no. I mean, I don't. I, but I do hear it through the masses. Dan. Dan. What are your, what's your take on Twitter, don't, Dan? Don't uh, follow it at all. Don't, don't follow it at all. Know. I, the Danettes, the guys on my show, they're on it. Right. They follow it. And I say, I don't want to know if I did 15 things well and one thing poorly. Yep. I, I don't care. I don't care what the ratio is. Don't want to know. If it makes us a better show, yes. then I want to know. Other right. than that, sure. couldn't care less. Would you gotcha. like Adam to tell you when they're talking right. about <laughs> No, I, so I, have I, I have a list of tweets. It is funny, though, the, the thing that Kimmel does with the mean tweets. Oh, yeah. that's great. Because if you want to go on there now... Believe, I'm in a different category than these guys because 
you know, these guys do great shows daily. I'm popping up on the game that week. Right. And if a great play happens, well, the fans of that team are going yeah. nuts. And Super stoked. They, yeah. they love it, and they don't care about the announcer. They're enjoying it themselves. But if it's going against half right. the people, right. those people are going, why is this guy screaming and yelling, I hate this guy, right. and he hates my team, which is moronic. It's crazy. But that's just the way it is. So you got to kind of put it over here. To, to me, it's the weirdest dichotomy right now is we're now in a culture that I call it a pull culture, where before we were always talking to the fans and that was your only option, you watch it. Now everyone has on-demand and choices and that you're supposed to talk to the fans, but they're the ones, and I, this, I apologize, don't always get it. And you have this experience and this knowledge and it creates this weird divide. Well, I got a thing the other day on Twitter uh, and somebody said, hey, Ad Buck, remember when Jeter did this to you? Ha ha. And it was a thing that I wrote at the beginning of a Major League All-Star Game yeah, broadcast where I went into the, to the locker room and I said, hey, Derek, when I walk up to you, go, hey, get out of here. we got a game to play. But people thought that he <laughs> was <laughs> really. Right, right. I'm like, really? Yeah. I, but that's, that's what you're dealing with sometimes. And you just you, you take, you take it with, as, as part of the job. If I'm sure. going to cash the checks and sure. I'm going to be Mr. Big Shot then you got to deal with that stuff. Now, my dad didn't have to deal with it. Right. My dad went through hell doing national broadcast baseball games. When Olbermann's doing, they're not going to get him. He's ripping my dad. Mm -hmm. That's a rip of my dad, right. which huh. nobody in the country even remembers, yeah. except for Keith, who gets his joys by doing it. But that's <laughs> Wait, a rip of my father. Keith was ripping your dad? Oh, yeah. My dad got hell for, for I guess, uh, being premature on the call. That's, that's a thing from Jerry Willard in the World Series when he got thrown out at the plate. My dad's saying they're not going to get him, and they got him. Oh, gotcha. I never, ever... Nobody knows that. that. Yeah, but I never saying. thought Keith did that in a disparaging way. I never, ever thought that. That wasn't a good week in my dad's life. Right. So as family members, you listen to that, and you go, okay, Keith. I hear you. But that, oh, okay. that wow. exists. And my dad was that. two never, years doing national TV with Tim... And went through all kinds of hell. And oh. it didn't work out great. Yeah. But, you know, here I am, X number of years later, it, it's a different world. He, he would not world. believe, you can't be yourself. Mm. You can't, I can't be myself on TV. I, I have to play by the rules. People think they know me, and they really don't. I mean, but these I, guys I, know I, me, we I know I each watch other. I watch, and I'm just saying that to get, you know, undeniable well, we, with Joe Buck out there, but you're being yourself on that show. Yeah. But that's why I want to do, that's exactly why I wanted to do it. There's different roles I mean, what in play-by-play. Play what host? did you call Jeter? You called him a bitch. You called him a Called him a bitch. Did you really? He did. Yeah. He to did. his face? Thanks yeah. for watching Undeniable with Joe Buck. Yeah, Sorry. thanks a lot. On the I mean, audience. Know. Yeah, you clicked on a lot of these Bleacher Report videos, haven't you? No, I did. I said, Every answer day. the question, quit, your, quit being such a little bitch. Wow. Wow. You the man. Which I don't... Yeah, you know, that's not whatever. normal. That wasn't you. the intention right. of it, but right. it was a fun moment. He laughed, the audience laughed. It's yeah. no big deal. Cool. But in a game, doing play-by-play, -play, you have oh, to yeah. walk such a straight line. I just yes. watched this thing on Harry Carey that's on MLB Network that's yeah. coming out, and you realize some of the stuff he said? Oh. If you said one-eighteenth of that, you're gone. Oh. You're gone. Right. And and it's just a different world. You you have to be such a straight now, radio, arrow radio, boring guy. It's all about the strong Well, opinions. it's your name. Yeah. The Fox game is not Correct. Joe. Exactly. It's a different world. But I have to sell myself. you got to have opinions. As I told Rich when he first started, I said, man, you got to put yourself out there. If they, no if, they, if they know you're investing in them, you, they'll know it by how you, you give them something sure, that's yeah. truly, here's my feeling. I'm going to be critical. Here's something that you did not know. 
and you know there's there's reciprocation there. I don't feel like you guys are ever. I and I I'm I'm a fan of both of your shows. I've been on it a bunch of times. It's fun, but I don't feel like you guys are ever unfair. Sometimes you listen to those shows and you go, that guy's got this opinion just to stir it up. And you know the guy doesn't believe that. I don't sense that ever with you guys. I take that as a high compliment, and I appreciate it, because part of doing what I'm doing every day, uh, after having many conversations with you about the, the, uh, the craft, if you will, of doing a radio show every day, Having a take, right? We're in a, we're, we're, we're in a world of having a we hot. We interviewed Stephen A. Smith this morning. Take. Gotta have a take, and and you know, look, I mean, I I, I everything that comes out of my mouth, I believe. I'm yes. never going. I can't do this not an actor. job. I can't do it if manufacturing it. I just can't. But you, you know? don't have to have a take on every subject. Right. That's when you get in trouble. Right. When you go, boy, let me jump in on this because I have to say something. There are times I'll just go. I really don't you know. Don't know. I, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. You know, right. the, like the Cam Newton, somebody created something that created a Cam Newton story where race and all that. I said, who who created it? Yeah. yeah. Today. And I, and I said day. to Rich, if there's somebody out know. there, I don't know who it is, but that nobody's coming forward. So this really isn't a story. Right. Hmm. And you get if you get you go up to the line with race, you got to be careful. Religion, you got to be careful. Right. Because you can get fired. Can you? Can any of you even talk? I mean, with the radio shows, can you even talk about politics at all? Will you even go I don't there? Think people either? are tuning in. Yes, for I don't it. care. People, they don't even want to I go think there. you know right. people are tuning in to a show like like the one that I'm doing every day, like Dan's doing, and also for for Joe's show to escape from that. I right. think that right. they just don't want to, you know, and the Iowa caucuses going on and X, Y, and Z with with. You know, partisanship, et cetera. I think they like the partisanship of of Red Sox versus Yankees right. but, and but and all of that stuff. I, I agree. And and there are so many filters in my head that something a thought goes through before it comes out of my mouth. People go. I played golf in in that Tahoe thing one time with Carson and Jordan Palmer, mm. and we got finished. And Carson was like, "I I just have one question. How do you broadcast and not say the word?" Because yeah. you said that 400 times right, <laughs> on the golf course. Right. I said, because when I'm sitting there with a headset on, there's a happen. thousand filters, yes. and it's not coming out of my mouth until it goes through those. And it actually affects my personal life, because I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, and I'm grading how everybody's right. interacting with me. And can you believe how you just said that? I'm thinking that in my head. You know how that just sounded right. to the waiter right. when you just said it that way? You sounded like a complete jack. <laughs> that that's it's it's crazy, but you have to be that way, yes. or you will be gone. I'm also that way with my kids when they fall down or they've hit something. I don't I don't go ooh, oh, you know. Yeah. I, they're I, gonna I, cry. I I I'm, I remove from. It's sort of like the no cheering in the press box thing. Right. That I just I don't I don't react to it. I just internalize everything and I think about the filter before I go. Oh my god, ooh, so the kids don't cry. Right. But then when they are actually hurt, I come across as an insensitive. Right, <laughs> paging Susie. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you, you're exactly. talking about no cheering in the press room. I think what's really interesting with media is when you're in it for a long time. Some people develop calluses and they kind of look at it in a negative view. Have there been moments though where maybe you were kind of oh, I don't know, and then something wonderful in sports happens that you can't predict that kind of removes all of them away and you become that kid again. I, I the thing I love I I'm not jaded and yeah. I think you know we're not jaded. I mean we we see things through a lens where we're you know, a little bit skeptical, maybe sure. of uh, you know the number of people that I've I've interviewed or looked up to and thought that they were clean. They, they didn't turn out to be clean. Yeah. It's you know, 
it leads you to be skeptical, but I still come to work every day and talk about sports with an enthusiasm sure. because I'm lucky to do it. You know, every I just but you were saying like the athletes. I think you know you see a Steph Curry and you're just immediately this is amazing, and you allow that that storyline to exist because you know it's real. Well, you're hoping that it is, but yeah. it's stuff like you know McLovin, who I know is in the other room right now, talking about giving the footballs away to the kids. Like that, this has got to be some sort of Cam created venture. I mean, sometimes it's just. Organic. Yeah, but, but great. I, I, you know, the, the thing that we give up, though, when you do this, is you give up the fandom. Yeah. You, you give up that, I, I'm going to suspend, you know, all you know, disbelief and, like, I'm going to fall in love and it's going to hurt when they lose and yeah. it's going to be great when they I don't have that. Will you get emotionally invested, Super Bowl 50? Like, no. any team, will you no. find... Like, I'm see, looking for the storyline. And that's it. That's it. Like, when, I have to sit there and get emotionally invested. I can't watch the game, even though, and I, you know, sometimes I have relationships. That's but what gambling's for. But, no! I, but, I, don't, but I don't gamble. <laughs> but I will sit there at, at some you point and start cheer, that game. Right. Put a I'm going to pick a team and I'm going to go, I'm rooting for them. I can't no. I'll sit back and somebody will say, who are you rooting for? Just give me the best That's story. what I get all the time. Right. It's like... You're rooting against my San Francisco Giants, like I. That is so far away from my mind when I'm sitting. I'm just trying to do my job. When's the last time you felt it? Um, What's the it? Ask him what. Yeah, what's the what's the it? Felt that emotion. I was going after it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Lauren Hill, the uh, the basketball player in Cincinnati, who was dying. Yes. And you know, having three daughters, and you're seeing somebody who's Mm. at the age of one of your daughters, and Mm. even now, you know. But that was a great story. Yeah. But that was a story that was for, for the good. It yes. wasn't, you know, I didn't want it to get too commercialized. I, I, I appreciated how ESPN covered it, and they did a great job with it. And Tom Rinaldi, you know, you go in there and you, you, you get the right emotion there. And that's where you just, you know, you can take off your lapel, your microphone or whatever, and you can just watch. And that's all I wanted to do. I had no analytical you know, take on nothing. Just I watched, enjoyed, appreciated. Because it was a simple story. It's a girl who nobody else knew. We found out who she was, what she was, what she was all about. So. I want one more thing, just because you guys are all so involved with all the sports. Like, just as a, I'm curious to know, with all three of you, like, how do you view the difference, you know, the stereotypes, football player, basketball player, baseball player, like just, just the, the nuances of the personality when you go, oh, you know, is there any differences there? Is that a stupid question? If it is, that's fine. But I think no, we're, I, they're different animals almost, and I just wonder how what your guys take on them because you get to see and talk to so many different guys. I will tell you, uh, I think most guys would ag- agree that the hockey guys, for whatever reason, right. are the nicest professional athlete okay. that you can come across. Right. Interesting. Uh, the NBA guys, I can't speak to. I'm not in that world at all. Right. Uh, but I, I, I got to know some of the golfers this past year. Enjoyed being around them, away from the cameras. And, you know, as a golfer myself, somebody right. who struggles with this game, just kind of prying open the mind of one of those guys and what they've got on the line every time they draw the club back. Baseball and football... I'll defer to you. I, I, we have so much more access to NFL players as a network right. than yeah. we do baseball. Baseball, they're kind of really? cordoned off, and, huh. and they're hard. You've got to catch them around the batting cage. Or spring training. Or, or spring training when, when the guard's down. But yeah. they, they, Because it's 162 games. Sometimes yes. it's 32 days in a row, and they see somebody with a microphone or some of the media and they're thinking. they got to go stretch. Oh, God, they yeah. Go stretch. All of a sudden, yeah. they got to stretch. they got to stretch. got to do my but stretching. I, NFL guys, I, I will tell you, you know, for all the stuff, all the headlines, 
there's so many great guys sure in, in professional sports in the NFL. And, and you know, I, I'm biased because I just did a bunch of Panther games coming down the stretch. But Newton is really a, a surprisingly engaging, well-thought-out young man when yeah. you sit with him in a room. Same for Josh Norman, who I came away going, I really like that guy. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, I mean, down the line, there's so many good players. Khalil, so many I mean, good you mentioned guys. him, too. And good Richard people. Sherman is a perfect oh. example of how you get introduced to somebody. And of then, perception and correct, reality. No doubt about that. Well, I think that. the one word that still hangs there that bothers me is thug. Huh. That we, we, we tend to drop it off and then... You know, you wait for somebody to pick it up. Yeah, and right. what do you, right. it, it's, it's tough to, you know, hear that sometimes when word. somebody's a thug. Yeah. And, you know, when you have some other people, Steve Smith Sr. was on uh, the show recently and he said, Do people know what a thug is? Right. And you're calling Cam Newton a thug? Right. Yeah, like, right. We, but I mean, we don't know what it is, but we attach it right. usually to black athletes right. and say, Well, he's a thug. What if you're a white guy and you're a bad guy? You're not yeah. a thug. Right. But we do that, and it's always, you got to be careful no matter what sport you're covering, that we just drop it off and say, you know, that guy's a thug. I, you know what else? You know, another word that gets out there a lot, not to get philosophical about this little you go. jug band we have right here. Let it out. Right yeah. Yeah. Hate. Hate. Oh, like such, haters? Haters, you know. I, hate. I read the headline, you know, Cam Newton, and, and dealing with all the hate that's out there. You hate Cam Newton? Why? Why? Yeah. You hate Cam Newton. Because right. he dabs, Joe. Okay, yeah. He dabs. Because I, I just don't, that word, right. or your haters, or whatever, I hate this. I hate, that's where we are. Not to make it more than what we're really but talking we're about. we're more invested right. in sports than ever because there's more ways to be invested in sports. Therefore, there, there can be more highs and more lows. Mm -hmm. There can be more money attached to it. The investment that you have. Like, you want somebody to pay for somebody's sins here. And damn it, you're going to pay for it. The fan is more volatile, invested. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I walked down to the field of Lambeau eight weeks ago, and I come around the corner. There's one fan sitting down the corner, and he, he catches my eye. He goes, Hey, you know the entire state of Wisconsin hates you. <laughs> and I said, How the did you deal with that? Did you, did you, you know talk that back to him? I didn't know the entire state. He didn't know the entire state. Literally, he thought it was wow. lower counties. I'm just worried about the Avery family hating you. <laughs> nice. But he's like, I'm talking? from Manitowoc <laughs> County, sir. Right, and I hate you. But he goes, you know, the whole state. <laughs> and I said, uh, wow, okay. I said, you're a miserable human being, aren't you? <laughs> Good for you. And he goes, he goes, I'm just telling you. And two people next to him were going, will you sign my hat? Or I said, they don't hate me. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, uh, we'll see. Yeah. He goes, at least me saying that got their hat signed the, or whatever. The making of, of making an announcer. So it's making, making a murderer. That's right, exactly. Exactly. Making, making an making announcer, announcer murderer <laughs> is what he's making. I could have reached up and yanked him down. I was like, who says that? You're a grown man. Yeah. Right. You're talking to me man to man here. It's unreal. And you're telling me that I suck and you hate me. Mm. Okay. Well, actually, no. He Have told nice you day. the entire state. Yeah. Well, state. Well, I assume he was from the state well, that hates not you. To or when they'll say literally. Nitpick, like, but it was an entire literally, state. Literally, an entire state right. hates you. Like, entire state. Seriously? Honestly, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Worse. Right. Yeah. But then you get a compliment on Twitter like, hey, I know everybody hates you, but I really, <laughs> I really love watching you. Well, I, I went last, uh, last year, Jeter's final year, I took my kids to see Jeter because I, I wanted, they're not sports fans. Right. And I said, we're going to go see Did you see do that their, on purpose? Jeter. Yeah. Well, kind of like avoiding sports or how did that uh, work? No, it was, I had three daughters and if they liked it, great. If they didn't, I, I told the story that we went to the Carolina, New England mm -hmm. Super Bowl and my daughter was 12. She took pictures of drunk guys the whole time. <laughs> didn't watch the game. 
knew who the guys were. She'd say, that's Tommy. He threw up. That's John. John, he so got... Did she interview him after the fact? Oh, she talked to him. Oh she was God. just taking pictures. She likes people. Yeah. You need to How keep does her feel closer to on you? <laughs> no, they, they were fine. She had a great time. But, you know, that's... <laughs> that's great. By the that's, way, we're no, a band. You know, the lead singer here. By the way, just Dan, you know what yeah. Dan's got the pipes. That's parenting Dan. right there. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, parenting. You just showed off your parenting skills. Has anybody right? seen Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's over with the, yeah. the See, drunk. She, Tommy. Hey, I understand, I, I understand Home Alone because there have been times when I've packed them up and I go, damn it, did we forget Molly? Let me damn. Let's just keep going, though. You know, she's two. She can make it on her own. I guess one question with the Super Bowl. You have this story of Cam Newton, who I think is building his legend right this now. This is serious part of it. Yeah, yeah you it's go. a little serious. Let's mother get, hen. Well, mother let's get hen into yeah, the Super Bowl. The, uh, yeah. Back there, Mother yeah. Hen. This is the sports center part okay. of it. Uh, if yeah. You have that, and then you have Peyton Manning riding off into the sunset. Right. Um, which, which is the most perfect ending in terms okay. of calling it as a broadcaster? What is the best story possible for story's sake? I don't know. You can't choose between either of them, really. I mean... It, it depends on what you like, you know? And, and to me, it, uh, what I want is the unexpected. I want that interception on the one-yard line. I want that 60-yard oh, oh um, uh, pass from the end zone to set up a Hail Mary oh, to gosh. force overtime in a playoff game right. f- for which the coin doesn't flip. You know, I mean, that's the sort of finish that I'm, yeah. I want. When you I look want. at the person next to you and go, what the hell is going on? It's just like what we're talking about. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, we're not rooting for teams, we're rooting for, Moment. we're rooting for the, the closeness and the interest level. That's what I want. I want people interested. Well, I'm in the, in the yeah. end zone, no. where last year, where we're giving out the Super Bowl trophy, and I assume Seattle's going to win. So you got your whole So I, my whole thing speech. is Russell Wilson, who's the MVP? You know, so you're just kind of going through this whole thing. What do I ask Pete Carroll? That's two Super Bowl wins. And then so I'm much. watching. He went back to pass, and I went, oh, my God. And I'm right under the goalpost. And I went, oh, he's throwing it. You're right. He intercepted it. Wait a minute. Now i got to ask Patriot. Who's going to be the MVP? Like, you just went down. The, is Butler going to be the MVP? Then they still had a couple more plays. But that moment was awesome. Yeah. And the, the Steelers, when the Steelers beat Arizona, it's the same San thing. Antonio ben Holmes. let him down. Yeah. I didn't know who the MVP was until Joe Namath was bringing the trophy mm-hmm. out. I'm yelling to people down. Nobody Ooh. had told me. Oh. I, ben came up, and I think Ben thought he was the MVP. Santonio Holmes comes up, and I go, well, that's nice. Holmes and Ben, they can talk about the touchdown. And then somebody says, it's Holmes! And Joe Namath starts bringing the Super Bowl trophy up. I'm going, oh, my God. Like, in two minutes, I'm thinking, I'm going to be interviewing the Bidwells. Who would ever thought the Bidwells would be winning right, a Right, right. Larry Fitzgerald's got to be the MVP. Like, it was crazy. But that's why we do it. Yeah. Because I had no rooting interest. Yeah. And therefore, it played out that way, and you just went, how great is and this? That, that finish in the Super Bowl last year, I was in the stands, because I, I didn't have any post-game duties for NFL Network for the first time last year. So I actually got to go as a fan. And I'm sitting there, and I've never seen in the stands or anywhere, the emotion switch in a, a snap of a finger mm. where an entire stadium is exuberant because their team's going to win and the other team is crying and then in a snap of a finger, it switched entirely. The only thing that comes close is when you call, Joe, the 01 World Series 
oh. where it looked like the Yankees were going to finish yeah. up Game 7 with, with Mariano Rivera, Rivera him mowed him down in the eighth inning. I was in the stands for that one, getting ready to work the postgame. Tootie was wasn't at that one. Tootie was <laughs> definitely not at that one. Man, I was there. Shouldn't have moved uh, the infield Susie in. was there. Yeah. My, my yeah. wife was there covering it for Fox Sports. I was covering it for ESPN. So we watched the eighth inning before we both went to go do our postgame duties. And they were wives, player wives, the Arizona Diamondback player wives, uh, 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 Michelle Johnson, uh, blame it on Rio, she was in the stands. Now, Matt, Williams. Uh, Matt Williams' wife was there. They were all crying because it was all over. And then obviously it wasn't, but that played out over probably like 10, 15 actual yeah. minutes that last at that. But he's got the hard never part, seen. He's got to do it live. Yeah, that's true. We get to react. On the spot. So the hard part and is when you, when you do it, because he doesn't, he doesn't get the chance to go three, two, one. Yes. He's got to do it. Right. Yeah. You know? But that's the, you know, you don't get that's many right. of those. And so it can switch in a moment. You have to be ready for it. But most of the time, just laying back and letting the moment happen is the best way to go. Mm. Uh, but with regard to this, the, the theme of this game, people say, well, Cam's going to have more chances. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe this is it. Marino yeah. did. Yeah. So yeah. you, you got to grab it. I, I think that's what makes the Super Bowl so compelling. I can't wait to watch. I'm bringing my girls uh, to the game, and we're going to sit in the seats and cool. take pictures of drunk guys. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then you'll find out <laughs> the entire state of California hates, hates you as well. Literally, Northern literally, California. All, yeah. <laughs> everybody. Guy said that to me in a bar here, yeah, years ago. You know, everybody. You said the new stadiums, and you didn't say it was in Santa Clara. You said it was, I was like God. Well, they'll be. So why don't you go chew another carton of cigarettes and come back and say that to me? <laughs> on Phil for this one, so don't worry. You know what? He's a Panther fan. Phil right. sucks. Get yeah. him out can of here. Can he hate Denver? Of your dad? Yes, I definitely can. Uh, I mean, we have, well, we have a good relationship. I mean, uh, dad's like... But have, would you be honest with him if you said... I Yes, he will want to know. Like, he, he, like, he will tell you. He usually yeah. calls me at halftime of the game. And he's going to go, am I what missing anything? Yeah. yeah, is there anything I'm missing, you think, within the theme of the game? So there I can go, yeah, you know, you, one thing you haven't talked about, and he's always open to that. I'm not like, hey, Dad, you gotta, your delivery is <laughs> horrible. you got to <laughs> change it up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we have a good relationship Look, with there's that. only a handful of people that have ever done anything like yes. that know what it's like when that red light goes on, and you're talking to 100-plus million people. It's, right. it's, it's intimidating at times if you let it be yeah. so. So, you know, whether it's a critic of Phil or a critic of me or a critic of Troy or any of these people doing it, until you've sat there, yeah. until it's Nance ripping me on Twitter, then, then that's you know, a difference. Yeah, right. it's all, I'm okay with Twitter. Right, if right. it's Nance going, hey, Buck sucks, then I got a problem. Right, it's like Jack Nicholson, or Jack Nicholson always said, I'm not going to take a lesson unless you can beat me in golf, right? Exactly. So, yeah, right. so go so ahead. Phil made the right transition up. from athlete to broadcaster. Chris is doing it now. I know you guys are going to be on the same network as someone who's in the process of that, Brandon Marshall. How yeah. do you think that whole transition's going? Well, I mean, Brandon is great. I mean, and... Um, you know, what he did two years ago, doing what he did flying from Chicago to New oh, Jersey every right. single weekend. Uh, this past year, he was just driving to work. But what he's done is is great. I've always loved interviewing Brandon. I, I remember meeting him at a rook, the rookie premiere when he, when he was coming out of college because my wife had covered one of his college football games. She goes, you should, you should meet this kid because he lights up a room. Yeah. And I went over to him and he... He lit up the room, right. and that was before he even played a down in the NFL. And now you could see, you know, he's got many things going for him, which is uh, an ability to, you know, walk the walk on the field, 
with the years that he's had um, with the Jets and the and the Bears and obviously the Broncos, but he's also given a piece of himself, mm. talking about you know his struggles with mental health. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's putting it all out there, and I I, I love Brandon. Marshall. But there's certain guys you just know. I, I I remember covering the Bengals when Collinsworth and Asiason were both on the Bengals, and I knew Chris Collinsworth. No matter what happened in the game, first guy I went to. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Just he just started talking, and he was sharp and funny and self-deprecating. And I mean, I didn't know he would develop into the best analyst in the business. But you just and even Boomer, you know, Boomer had a way about him. And there's certain athletes you're just around. You go, that guy, he's going to be, he'll be great in TV. Brandon Marshall, first time I saw him, I, I uh, on uh, Inside the NFL, yep. I went, holy. Yeah. It's like, incredible. That was my same reaction. To be a too. current player and to walk that line, that it looks candy. great. To be compelling, yes. yep. to wear a suit that tight and yeah. not look <laughs> like you're comfortable, <laughs> not the whole thing. Yeah. He's got it all. I mean, he I, yeah, he can do anything in this business. He really yeah. can. And if you want to check him out, he is going to be running all these social accounts for the audience network. It's going to be you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Who's going to win the game? Report. I just want to know. I mean, who, who are you picking? Who's, who you got? I mean, just hear a real three. Can I'd you? pick Carolina. Okay, Carolina. But I'm, I'm biased because I, I did a bunch of their I'm games. I'm going Carolina, too. But what's the other two experts here, I think? What are you, where are you leaning? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? Ugh. You're not sure how we you see, feel about it? No, we, no. Here, let, me, let me explain to you. Let me explain what did you say to Jeter? What did you say? Yeah. Exactly. Guys, let me explain it because I've been around Dan for almost 20 years. Right. I think if we had to tally up. Uh, throughout this entire conversation, the number of times that he just dropped in there, that person was a guest on my show, that person yeah. decided, I called that person up on my show. He's saving his important gold for his for show. show. For right. my people. For the Dan Patrick right. show. Well, you could say for the people. Right. It's your show, fact, it's your brand. I'm just going to walk over right it. now. DP's out of here. I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. No, no, no. no. There there go. Go. There there don't get bitter. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. Hey, he's on the curse board. But that he is, broke the cherry. That's, that's like drinking with Dan too. You ask all the guys in there. He ghosts. He'll hang with you for like two, three hours, and then he's gone. What he, he called it? What he once called it an Irish exit. I think is what he yeah, called right, it. An Irish right. exit. Right. Boom. Yeah, out of there. I believe so I'll find the, my way to my room. That's it. You just got the full Monty from Dan. That's awesome. But he's not going to give up the gold. And right, I no. learned from him. So I'm not, not going to see that. Pick a friggin' team. Who cares? I mean, you know, like, I'm married to girls. Who do you think you're raised? They're going to be like, oh, who cares? Like Carolina, doesn't mean you don't like the other tomorrow. Guys, I'm branding. I'm branding right now. No, I'll, I'll go with the, uh, I'll, Dan, should I, should I, they see Look at him, he's looking at you. Don't do it. I'll go, but I'll go with Carolina. Okay. Okay. But don't hold me to it. Thanks. Dan, is he coming back? That means Denver wins easily. Yeah, easily. Joe Buck, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick now putting his sticky fingers in the broadcast. Chris Sims, Sims and Lefko podcast.